It's Twitter Thursday on today's Locked On Giants podcast. We're answering your questions. And for those of you who watch us on YouTube, we're unveiling a new graphic package, which we hope you like. That's coming up next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena. Happy to have you with us. It is a Twitter Thursday. We are answering your questions as always. And uh, as I mentioned in the intro, we have a new graphical package, which I hope you like. Um, I found these graphics and I think they really add a little punch to the YouTube production. So I hope you will like them. And as always, folks, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. Or if you are watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day, please make sure you like and subscribe our channel on YouTube. Or if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review and any feedback you have to offer on the Locked on Giants podcast. All right. So we've got a lot to get through today. We've got about um, five or six questions came in from Twitter and then the rest came in via email. So going to go through all of these. Let's get right to it. And we're going to kick it off with our Twitter questions, starting with one from at Highway Star P. And they ask, if they cannot trade Bradbury, do you think they will extend him or release him? All right, thanks for that question to kick things off. I think if the Giants um, cannot get uh, trade James Bradbury, and, uh, you know, look, they, they could probably, if they wanted to, just settle for the best offer available, but Joe Shane is being patient. And if they don't get the right offer, I could see them potentially extending him. And I've talked about this on Giants Country. Um, I've, I've laid out some scenarios how I think it would work. And you know what? There might even be a benefit to even extending him, you know, depending on how it's done. Um, and that, you know, if they add some dummy years or what we call voidable years, um, the acquiring team can ultimately pick those years up and turn them into to actual years. So, for example, let's say they put a voidable year in there with a salary of, I don't know, a million dollars. You know, um, the the acquiring team could pick it up. Now, what the Giants have been doing is when they put avoidable year into the contracts, there is no base salary listed. So it's just a pure avoidable year. But I've seen instances where teams do put an amount in the P5 or base salary. And uh, it just, I don't know, kind of makes it more attractive when you're trying to trade a player because... You know, you're you're going to be hit with the the dead money on the on the prorated signing bonus anyway if you're the Giants. So, why not make it attractive for an acquiring team so that they don't have to worry about you know going back and and extending him and whatnot and incurring new um, a new signing bonus. So there's there's a way to do it if the Giants wanted to. Um, I do not think they will necessarily cut him. Because if they do, he will get, you know, picked up in a hurry and the Giants really won't have anything to show for it. And I just don't think that would be smart on their part. So thank you for that question. Okay, the next question is from Slim Drew 82 While Kayvon is the better prospect, 
considering Wink's defense is not a man, corner like Sauce Gardner is more important for our... I think what you're asking me, Drew, is um, is Sauce Gardner the the smarter choice to make as opposed to uh, Kayvon Thibodeau? Um, Here's the problem. You know, we are assuming that Wink Martindale is going to run the same defense that he ran in Baltimore. I think he will run a lot of the same concepts. That being said, I also think that that the defense is going to be tailored to what the Giants have and what they don't have. So if I'm the Giants... um, Look, I like Sauce Gardner. I would love to see them pick him up. I don't know necessarily that he's going to be the guy at seven. Um, If I had to take a guess, and I I haven't run um, a simulation uh, lately. I am going to run a simulation for a mock draft. But um, if the Giants can come away with an offensive tackle and a pass rusher like Kayvon Thibodeau, I'd take that. And a cornerback, I think they could probably get in the second round. Um, so, you know, a lot of what ifs, you know, that's, that's what makes the draft so cool is you can go in so many different directions. And on this one, I, I'm, I don't have a feel for it. I mean, the only thing I have a feel for that I can sit here and say that I I'm, I'd be willing to put down uh, money on is that they will take an offensive tackle in the first round, whether it be a pick five or five or, or pick seven. I think we can all agree on that. If I had to guess which one they're going to take. I, I think it might be Evan Neal, although, again, I would be happy with any of them. But um, if they have a chance at Kayvon Thibodeau, I think you've got to pick him up, especially after you pass on, on uh, you know, Micah Parsons last year, a difference maker. Kayvon Thibodeau, if he can give you eight to ten sacks as a rookie, you take him. If he develops into a Batman for you, you don't pass that up. Just my two cents for what it's worth. So thank you for that question. All right, next Twitter question comes from Spider733. How many years are we going to skip out on a pass rusher because we can scheme a pass rush and then fail to do so? Okay, Spider, I get what you're saying. You you want a Batman pass rusher. You want like a, another Michael Strahan or a Justin Tuck or an O.C. Ubinura or if we're going outside of you know the Giants, you want a, a Vaughn Miller or Khalil Mack. You, you want somebody who, who can get home to the quarterback, somebody who's going to have to be double teamed. I get that. I totally get that. Um, look, you know, this year's class is so deep in pass rushers. I would be shocked if the Giants don't come up with a guy who could potentially be a Batman. So I think your long wait, Spider, is over this year. I really believe the Giants are going to come out of this draft with a guy who could potentially be a Batman. And look, let's not forget that they have Aziz Ojulari, who showed a lot of promise last year. We still don't know, you know, what Ellerson Smith can bring to the table. Can he maybe develop into a a situational pass rusher that they can lean on frequently? Um, You know, they've got Carter Coughlin coming back. They've got uh, Quincy Roche coming back. So, they have pass rushers. It's just a matter of, do they have a Batman? Not yet. You know, at least not, we haven't seen a Batman develop. And I forgot to mention also O'Shane Zimenez, who is still on the roster, by the way. Interestingly, they did not cut him. So we'll see what happens with him. But the point being is they have some guys. 
And, um, you know, if you listen to the show yesterday, Eric Crocker, who I had on from the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, spoke about the different ways that a defensive coordinator can scheme a pass rush. So if you didn't check that out, I recommend you go back and listen to that pod. But uh, I think this year they're going to get they're going to get themselves a uh, a Batman pass rusher. I really do. Hi, Giant fans. We have more coming up on today's Locked On Giants podcast, a Twitter Thursday. But first, there's only one place that's the best information source for the latest odds, contests, and player props for all your sports betting needs, and that is betonline.net. From basketball to baseball, hockey, UFC, boxing, the upcoming Triple Crown, you name it, and betonline.net has you covered. It is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite casino games. Head on over to betonline.net today and learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. We have a Twitter Thursday going on today. Thank you, everybody, for the questions. Thank you also for being patient. We had to move Twitter Tuesday to Thursday, but never fear. I'm always going to get your questions into a show, um, and I appreciate all the questions that have come in. And I hope those of you who are watching on YouTube, you're enjoying the new graphics. Uh, I thought they were pretty cool, and you know, I'm just trying them out. So as always... Feel free to send me your feedback. All right, let's get back to the Twitter questions. We're going to kick this segment off with a Twitter question from Empire PR Man who writes, who are the teams that the Giants could trade down with in the draft and in your opinion, where they wouldn't drop down too far? All right, interesting question here. Let me pull up Tankathon, which has the the, uh, draft order. All right, so... I wouldn't trade pick number five. Let me make that clear. I mean, if I'm going to trade any pick, I would trick, uh, trade pick number seven. So who could they trade with? Mm. You you might make a case for Atlanta, but Atlanta picks eighth. And if they're going to trade with Atlanta, then I would think they would probably want to trade pick number five, which, again, I don't think I would want to do. Um Seattle is a possibility. You know, does Seattle is Seattle sold on Drew Locke as their quarterback? Um, I could see them maybe moving up to number seven to get ahead of Atlanta, who I think is going to explore getting a quarterback. Um, Washington, I wouldn't trade with the Texans at thirteen. Maybe I mean the Texans need all kinds of help. You know, maybe you, you work something out there. Uh, the Saints are at 16, and then the Steelers are at 20. I probably wouldn't go any lower than 13. I mean, you start getting really low, now you're, you're you know, you're risking stuff. So I would say the lowest I would go would be um, 13 with Houston, um, and that would be pushing it. I mean, again, if Atlanta came to me with a sweetheart of a deal, Maybe I part with the fifth overall pick, but as a whole, I'm not parting with that pick. I would consider moving the seventh round pick, but uh, not the fifth. So um, those that's what I would do. I don't think I would go down to 16. I definitely would not go down to, to uh, number 20 
and those are teams that need quarterbacks. So, um, you know, even though I think the Saints just signed Andy Dalton, if I'm not mistaken. So the Saints, maybe, you know, maybe they might want, I don't know, an offensive tackle now that they have Andy Dalton for a stopgap. But I'm not risking, you know, passing up on an offensive tackle. I want that offensive line fixed once and for all. So that's how I see it. All right. Thank you for that question. Up next, we hear from one fishy scientist. How confident are you that Kadarius Tony will be a difference maker in, for the Giants this season? Um, look, I always, always start off optimistic. You know, clean slate for everybody. Um, I hope that every player who has had a shaky season last year comes back and has a strong season, becomes a different maker. That said, I got to see what they plan to do, all right? So I have not seen any practices yet. I don't, I, we haven't heard from the coordinators. We we spoke to a few players, but it, that was kind of generic stuff. I'm in the dark right now as to what they plan to do. So for me to say that, you know, I'm 90% certain Kadarius Tony's going to be a difference maker, I can't say that right now. But what I can say is this. Back at the Combine when um, I think it was Joe Shane was asked in the group session, you know, is Kadarius Tony somebody you would consider trading? He basically said that Tony is not one of the guys they're going to be looking to move. So um, that to me tells me that they have plans for this young man. Now, I don't know if this question is being asked because Tony allegedly or reportedly I should say didn't show up for the start of the offseason program but I wouldn't kill the kid right now because if he did indeed not show up um, you don't know if maybe he's got something going on and maybe he called the Giants to say hey I'm going to be delayed a few days or whatnot and it's just weightlifting at this point you know if the kid starts missing OTAs then I would be concerned so um, that's kind of where I stand on that so thanks for that question all right, uh, last Twitter question we have, and then we still have email questions, so uh, plenty more still coming up. Um, the Real Rob Z, what is the minimum you would accept to trade the number five pick? I definitely would want um, a number one pick in 2023. That that goes without saying. Um, I would probably want, well, see, you know, Rob, it, it, it kind of depends on how far down they go. But I would say I definitely would want a number one pick in 2023. Um, would I want an extra pick in this year's draft? Yeah, I think I would. I think I would want maybe like another fourth rounder, um, maybe even another third rounder. I would want another top 100 pick in this year's draft in addition if I'm trading down. But, you know, as to what is realistically, you know, a, a realistic expectation, I got to see how far they would trade down in order to answer that question. But thanks. That's a great question. Um, and I'm curious to see what happens as well. All right. That does it for our Twitter questions. So let's jump now into our email questions. Okay. Jackie and Carl, they ask, how likely is it a team? How likely is it that a team jumps us to draft one of the coveted offensive tackles? It has happened before. Last year with the Eagles made Gettleman look unprepared. All right, um, Jackie, Carl, um, I don't think it's likely. 
All right. I, I really believe you can't go wrong with any of the three, the top three tackles, Iki Iquanu, Charles Cross, and Evan Neal. I do think the Giants will get one of those guys. I think um, Aiden Hutchinson will probably go off the board, number one. Um, I have a feeling the Lions are going to go defense. So if that's the case, you know, if, if the Lions um, and, and the, um, let me see, the Lions are going to go defense. So they would, I think the Lions pick, what, second? Wait, let me go back and look at the, at, um, okay, Jacksonville and Detroit. So I think Jacksonville is going to go defense. Um, I could see them taking Aiden Hutchinson. I think Detroit will go defense. Houston, I'm not so sure what they could, they're going to do because they need help on both sides of the ball. The Jets might go defensive secondary. I think the Giants are going to be fine. I really do. I would be stunned if they don't get one of the uh, the coveted offensive tackles at number five. So I don't think you have to worry about that. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I am Patricia Trena. We've got a Twitter Thursday going on here. So we are answering some of the email questions that were sent to us at our email address, LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com, which if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the graphic, the new graphic I spoke about. And if you're listening to us um, on any of your favorite podcast platforms, all the information to contact us if you want to participate in our weekly uh, listener mailbag, you can find that in the show notes. So hope we hear from you. Please send your questions in. No question is stupid. And little secret here, I very rarely uh, don't answer a question. I mean, it would ha- if I don't answer a question, usually it's because it came in too late or it's a duplicate or, you know, sometimes they land in spam, but I'm trying to make a better uh, better effort to check spam. So, all right, before I answer these remaining four questions, just a heads up on tomorrow's show, really excited about tomorrow's show. We're going live and we are going to have a live mock draft that is going to be done by the one and only Nick Filato. Nick Filato has been writing the draft prospect profiles for me over at Giants Country. He's been doing a great job, simplified the format. So if you want to get a bird's eye or a quick view of what each prospect has to offer. Uh, By the time we're done, I think there's going to be over a hundred draft profiles on Giants Country and they're all organized. You can go and um, there's a link that you can access all of them. You can also do a search. So Nick is doing a really good job. Um, I asked him to cover basically a lot of the top 100 picks, but he's also been going outside the box and hope you'll check them out. So he is going to be my guest on Friday. We're going to do a live mock draft show. You are invited to jump in um, if you are watching on YouTube. We will do the live show on YouTube and that will kick off at 12 noon Eastern time on YouTube. So hope you'll join us for the mock draft. All right, let's get back to these remaining questions. We're going to start off with one from John W., who wants to know, do the players who are absent from the workout period that started Monday still receive their new playbooks? Yes, yes, John. Um, if the player is going to be delayed for by just a day or two, you know, they'll get it when they come in. Um, if the player is delayed for a week or more, depending on what the situation is, the playbook can be uh, FedEx to them. So yes, they do get their playbooks. 
Um, I think they use iPads now anyway, so uh, I don't think you have to worry about somebody not getting their playbook. It's just a matter, you know, even if they get their playbooks, you know, are they going to dive into them if they're not there? That's another whole nother topic to ask. But anyway, um, all right, next question came from Mr. Zachary. What were the things that Coach Joe Judge did or didn't do that led to his firing? Um, all right, Mr. Zachary, um, disclaimer, I obviously was not inside the building uh, other than for the media workroom because of the COVID protocols that were in place. So it was kind of hard to, you know, float around the locker room, get it, get some insight into stuff that was going on. But here's what I can tell you. Um, when things started falling apart on the season, which, you know, we can all agree the Giants offensive line was a mess. The injuries did not help. Um, the fact that they had to keep restructuring guys to get salary cap, that didn't help. Um, but there were some other things. For example, um, I had heard that there were some complaints inside the building about judges conservative, conservative coaching decisions. Um, some people felt that he should have taken more chances, especially as the season slipped away. The feeling is, what do we have to lose by being a little bit more um, bold, if you will? There were also whispers, and again, this is unconfirmed. This is just stuff that I, I heard that Judge felt that, you know, I guess maybe he didn't always see eye to eye with Dave Gettleman towards the end there, that there was some disagreement with, with certain players and certain directions that they should have gone in. Um, the other thing I believe was uh, that I, I remember hearing um, a former coach had told me that um, judge really didn't know how to navigate out of, you know, the situation that he was in. Because remember, he came from Alabama and New England. And those two teams really didn't experience um, adversity the way that the Giants did last year. So handling the adversity was brand new to Joe Judge. And, you know, if you've had some experience handling it, I know this sounds weird, but sometimes when you're sailing along and you don't have adversity... And then suddenly adversity pops up. You make decisions that in retrospect aren't necessarily the right ones. And I think that's what happened with him. He made some decisions in response to what was going on around him that just weren't the right ones. So if you're asking me what the biggest thing was, I would point to that, that judge basically, you know, didn't know how to handle the adversity. He His response was, look, let's keep working at it. Let's keep, you know, let's stay on the track that we've outlined. Let's not abandon anything. Let's not change anything up. Sometimes you have to change stuff up, um, especially if it's not working. And the fact that I, I don't think he knew any other way to do things, that kind of hurt him. But, you know, here's the thing. Joe's a smart man, and I do think at some point, he will get another head coaching opportunity, whether it's in the NFL or at the college level. And I think he will have learned from what happened with the Giants and he will become a very good head coach. I think, you know, he did a lot of things right 
as a head coach that I don't think a lot of people give him credit for, but not handling adversity was probably the number one thing um, that helped do him in. So hope that answers your question. All right, Bob H. writes, I'm wondering if the situation arose, would you take both Evan Neal and Ikam Ekwanu? I'd do it in a heartbeat and worry about the cap ramifications later. Bob, my friend, I'm taking an offensive tackle and a defensive player. That's what I would do. I would not double dip for the offensive tackles. Because, all right, let me ask you something. You're probably thinking, okay, I'll move one of the guys inside to guard. All right, because, you know, you're not going to bench Andrew Thomas, obviously. I would, th- I would hope that's not what you're planning to do. So let me ask you this. Wouldn't you be better off, knowing that this is a deep class of interior offensive linemen, wouldn't you be better off getting one of these interior offensive linemen on day two or day three, rather than drafting an offensive tackle and moving him inside the guard? I mean, to me, that doesn't make sense. And I'm not even talking about the salary cap ramifications, which to me are not a big deal right now. All right, because, you know, regardless if if it's um, if, if you draft two offensive tackles or you draft an offensive tackle and a cornerback or a cornerback and a defensive end, you're still paying the same amount depending on where they're slotted. So salary cap, we could throw that argument out. I'm taking, you know, depending on how the board falls, if it's my call, I'm taking offensive tackle, defensive player. If I don't trade that seventh round, that uh, seventh overall pick, uh, a way to pick up more draft picks. That's what I'm doing. So thanks for your question. Um, all right, one more. We have from Andrew S. Who writes, say we get either Neil or Equanu at five, Sauce Hamilton and Thibodeau are there at seven. Who do you take? Also, would you entertain the idea of bringing Landon Collins back if it were, if were to, if he were to accept the VSB, uh, vet, it, veteran salary benefit. I think you have B, VBS up there, benefit. It's VSV. Okay. Um, let me answer your first question there, Andrew. Um, I would probably take Thibodeau at seven. I think I want the pass rusher. I want the Batman pass rusher. I think Sauce and Hamilton, they're very good players, but... I think I can get a cornerback on day two and possibly a safety on day three. But again, I got to see how the board falls on day two and day three. I will be doing another mock draft, by the way. I mentioned Nick's going to be doing a live mock draft on the show. At some point, I'm going to do a mock draft, a full uh, six round as it is now, because the Giants don't have a seventh round pick. But I will be doing my own mock draft for you guys. Um, so that's what I would do at seven. Now, as for Landon Collins, no, I, I look, I love Landon Collins. He was always one of my guys, but I'm not bringing him back at this point. Not even on a, on a veteran salary benefit deal, which I don't know that he would even take. I'm not bringing him back. You know, I, I I don't understand why every time a former giant player becomes available, fans want to bring him back. There was a reason why they moved on from him in the first place, um, very rarely can you bring a guy back or make a case to bring a guy back that you moved on from. And I don't think this is one that, uh, even though it's new management, new coaching staff, I don't think this is one that they would double back and, and say, oh, let's bring him back for a year. I get where you're going with this, but um, no, I don't see it happening. 
All right, Giant fans, that is going to do it for today's Locked on Giants podcast. Thank you, everybody, for submitting your questions. Those of you who saw the show on YouTube, let me know what you thought of the new graphics. Um, if you like them, if, if you want me to go back to the old way of doing stuff, I, I, I found these and I figured, let me try them out and see they work out. So, um, again, don't forget... Tomorrow at noon Eastern, Nick Filato joins me for a live show. We're going to do a live mock draft, and I'm going to try and put the simulator on the screen so you could follow along and see who the picks are. I'm going to put Nick on the hot seat, see who he picks. And uh, you guys uh, on YouTube, if you jo- if you join the show on YouTube, you'll be able to join the chat. Um, along the way, maybe we'll get a question, you know, some of your questions in as they, they pop up. Should be a fun time um, if everything comes together the way I'm hoping it will. So I hope you will join us. And those of you who normally listen to us on the uh, podcast platforms, we will put the audio up. And you will, of course, also be able to go back and look at the uh, video if you want to, the video replay um, if you're at home and you want to look, go to YouTube. But uh Rest assured, you will get it one way or another. It will be available after uh, we finish the the broadcast. So hope you'll check it out. Uh, so until then, everybody, have a great day, and we will talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>